Danny, this is crazy, man. You got everybody thinking that we're kissing sisters out. See, I mean, at this what, point, what Danny, you're drunk. Like, you know how you know how everybody says when you it's when you tie, it's like a brother and sister kissing. Like, no, never heard you never that heard that. Never heard that. Oh, you're a wild no. bro. That's the battered way of looking at things, though, right? Because we're the battered hair on speed. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Chris, the hair on's are back. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 49 of the Battered Herons podcast. I am one of your hopes, Daniel Renata, alongside me, Mr. KBD, Chris Duran, as usual. How are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm good. I don't know if my internet's going to be any good. Oh, well, that's not I, good. I am awake. And again, I don't know if my internet is going to do good or not. But the good news is, is that I ordered like an additional router that might make my internet better. So we'll see. An additional router. Okay. That sounds good. I mean, I don't know what that means or how an additional router is going to help you, but I'm all for it because your internet absolutely sucks. Anyway, it is Wednesday. We haven't been with you guys for a week. It is uh, Woo Wednesday. It is Ted Lasso Wednesday. I'm wearing my Ted Lasso Believe shirt. It, it, it's, it's a good time, right? We had a nice week off where Inter Miami didn't lose, so everybody's in good spirits. And we have an opponent coming up, which a lot of people are thinking is a little overrated because they're currently in the playoffs, although they haven't looked that impressive. But to talk about that, we have a special guest. We have Bruno from the Houston Dynamic Dynamos. Whoa, what are you doing all the way down there? Here you are. What's going on, Bruno? Living the dream, man. Living the dream. You know, like, you know, Cowboys, man. Uh, first of all, I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan, so uh, the Cowboys. Oh. Know, suck. And I'm a season ticket holder for the Houston Texans because that's the closest thing I got here. But uh, they also suck. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, well, Bruno, you just hey. suck all around, man. Oh man, I don't know about all that, but yeah. <laughs> well, what? Well, one thing I forgot to tell you before we started is I love that your name is Bruno. Okay. It's not just biased because my middle name is Bruno and my father's like name that. is Bruno. Uh, so it yeah. might be a little bit biased. Okay. So if everybody says we don't talk about Bruno, mm -hmm. get out of here. We always talk about Bruno. Look, okay. man, you know, what, what I like about that is that, you know, like in, in being Bruno as the first name coming to America, the, the Bruno people knew was either way it was a dog's name. Or yes. it was uh, Bruno with the guy that did Bora at the movie, and uh, I don't mm, know. Yeah, that yeah which that's like a yes. complete opposite. Yes. So, uh, so when that Bruno, uh, we don't talk about it, came out, I was thankful for it. And then uh, one day I'm at McDonald's drive-through, and someone um, sees my card or whatever, gives it back to me, and he said, "We don't talk about you." I was like, what you say? <laughs> what you say? So I got pissed off. I was like, what do you mean, man? Like, I'm just trying to get a McDouble up in here, you know? And it was like, oh, the song, man. And I was like, oh, okay, my bad, man, my bad. So, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so things evolved right. for, uh, for having a name of Bruno in this country, from a dog's name to a weird movie to now a Disney movie. It's completely yes, yes, for sure. So uh, so we appreciate you being on. Well, we, we've had this plan for a while. Um, for those of you listening... I know that you might have seen Bruno slutting around earlier this week. So he's been on a few Inter Miami podcasts already, which is all good. We love them all. Which good for um, good for you, Bruno. You get out yeah, there. Yeah, man. You you get out there and you you spread yourself out there, especially promote that website because before we usually wait to the end of the episode to, to let you promote your stuff. But 
the Houston Dynamic Dynamo GoDaddySites.com. If you get on there, awesome website. He breaks things down Very in awesome. such detail that is awesome. Even if you don't like Houston, he breaks it all down in quite detail. So I definitely suggest you go out there and you click on those links. Appreciate it, man. I, you know, maybe I'm a fancy escort. I don't know about a slut. Maybe, maybe a fancy <laughs> escort feels better. Uh, no, you know, if someone asked me for help, I mean, even a little bit ago, I had the Charlotte FC guy. He reached out to me after oh, nice. he saw some articles and he was like, hey, man, I wonder if he can break out for me uh, the Charlotte FC. So maybe I can talk about it on, on some stuff. So I'm going to gladly write some stuff up, look at it too. It's not that I know every team out of my head because I don't. Uh, you know, but, uh, but, you know, like I'm always available to help, you know, it's just, uh, you know, That's like awesome. we, we all supposed to be in these together, man, not against each other. For yes. sure. And we're trying to grow the, the MLS, the league itself, right? The, the more people that get into it and the more love we share, the more we grow. And, and that's, that's ultimately the goal. So, and we love that's all the a- podcasts down here in Miami. There was essentially something that I talked about this week on my podcast, you know, because we've been struggling with Ben Olsen, our coach up here uh, is uh, a little bit excuse my language, but he's an asshole towards media. Uh, and and he doesn't, and, and I'll be honest with you, he shies people away from even wanting, wanting to be there because they're too scared of every, of asking a question, you yeah. know? And, and he's just like, we are supposed to be in this together, not against each other if we are to promote it because at the end of the day, you win, I win, you know? The more people mm-hmm. that listen to it, the more revenue there is, the more money is involved and the more interest is involved. And at the end of the day, all of us, most of us are doing these without even getting paid, man. It's just pure love, you know, and sure. and not trying to fight one another. So I don't know, man. It just it just doesn't make sense to me. But I don't know, man. I don't know. Keep it well, moving. I, I promise you. I promise you that Chris would go on there and ask questions happily because Chris is dying to go into a press conference and ask questions. Yes, you might, I only, you might only last one press conference then. <laughs> <laughs> I walk in with a dollar shirt. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're going to get booted before you even get there. That dress coat. Right. <laughs> you're going to have a bounce. Right. So um, we have this game coming up on Saturday. We had the week off, and it's a, it's a different team from just two weeks ago, right? Because we got rid of what we thought was going to be a young stud for us in the future, Bryce Duke. We traded away our, our winger, Ariel Lasseter. And, I mean, we were we were pretty deep at those positions as it is, so – I mean, it's not a big loss, I guess, but we gained a center back and we signed a number six CDM, uh, Dixon Arroyo. So our team's going to look a little different, and we're going to get into that a little later. But first, we want to get into the Houston Dynamo. Seven games into the season, how has Houston looked? Because at first glance, you see they're a playoff team. They're in seven, They're the seventh seed. Um, they haven't lost at home. I don't think they've conceded a goal at home yet this year. So... What is your assessment of the Houston Dynamo seven games into the season? First of all, it feels like any team can make the playoffs the way they expanded the playoffs. So I don't, I don't know this necessarily is true. exclude anybody out at this point. Uh, I, think, sure. I think that a lot of teams are waiting for their summer transfer, you know, to eat a second cylinder. To make on that the late run. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I don't think that even even the the last team is not going to be too far off from that nine spot that we'll make to the playoffs. Uh, and I think a lot of teams are somewhat saving some money to really try to to hire someone and, and they're still trying to configure out their roster. I mean, you guys are really making some changes still. The Dynamo currently, I've heard some rumors as far as saying that we are looking for three different players. Uh, you know, so so there's all they're still working out, you know, and, and I mean we already switched up 15 players from last season. So we are a work in progress, to be honest with you. When you ask me what I feel about Houston so far, I've said it at the second game of the season. 
we are at least making the nine spot. We are making the playoffs this season, and I think you that, do think so. I think so, I, and and it would make it the first time in about six years that that will happen. So for someone that is being accustomed to be the butt of the joke in the league with San Jose, I think that uh, you know it, you know you take it happier than before, I guess. You know when you're accustomed to to suck, then I guess this is this is better than nothing. You know. Um, Houston is yeah. normally known to have decent first half of the seasons, and when the summer eats, things get a little bit worse. Uh, you know, and I think that this start is a little bit slower than in some previous seasons in terms of uh, points so far. Um, so if you're looking at just that, then it's it's choppy, it's bad. This is a team of this is a tale of two two teams per se, one away versus the one they play at home. Uh, we finally got the first point of the season away with the tie, but man, you know, like it was one of the ugliest soccer one-sided games I've seen. Well, you know what that kind of reminds me of with all of the explanation that you're doing? It kind of reminds me Last of year? what we went through as a team for us. Yeah. Where we Last kind year, of went yeah. through this huge rebuild last year. We, we got rid of a lot new of players. players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and we ended up making the playoffs with a strong push towards the end. Um, not you know one of the last seeds, but you know somewhere in the middle. I, I could see that definitely for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think with MLS, I think that it's kind of tailored to everybody waiting for the summer because unfortunately that's when all the big leagues in Europe are are over. Right, that's the off season. So that's yeah. when the real transfer market opens up. Because not many players are leaving their teams that are making a, a push in Champions League or whatever it may be in January, right? You're going to wait yeah. to kind of play out that, that season and then move on in the summertime. So I, I, I think that's almost like a disadvantage that the MLS has found itself in because a lot of teams have to wait for that. If we could sign players in January, I'm sure we would load up before the season started. But there's not many options oh, yeah. in January. You have to wait for the summer, unfortunately. So it, it's, it's a pro and a con. And I did want to give a big up to Lucas real quick. That said, afternoon, what's going on, uh, Lucas? So you said they haven't lost at home, but they haven't won on the road. And honestly, the only reason I think you guys got a point last week was Steve Clark saved your asses consistently throughout that game. Because the, the Red Bulls were going crazy. So yeah, what is the difference between home and away? Energy. Energy. Okay. And you know what? I, you know, it starts with energy. It's, it's, I can really tell there's a mispositioning as well. You see a lot of players being mispositioned on the road. There's like some mental breakdowns throughout the game and they create a lot of gaps uh, between lines, which allow the other opponent to really take advantage of those spaces and, and, and wide open shots outside the box, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, and, and that's the biggest miscue. Last game we did in Herrera. And I, a lot of people are glorifying Basi, the new signing, and he's been scoring already five goals this season, four of them in penalty kicks. So, I mean, I, honestly, you know, whatever, you know, one in regular play, and then, you know, you can give it to Herrera. But that's, be... that's more than half your goals. <laughs> yes, it is. You it have is. nine all season. Yeah, you have nine all season. You know, like if there's one, if I'm if I'm betting money, I will bet there will probably be a penalty this game coming up. You know, if you well, think well, there's going to be a penalty for or against, it's going to happen. Well, and you know what's funny is that I, I I saw you earlier on one of our you know local you know podcasts. Uh, you know, shout out to uh, to to Peter Brown 
and Uncle Ed having you guys on. And I noticed that you mentioned that, that you probably do see that there could be a penalty kick uh, or, you know, a score off a penalty. But one thing that I remember, Danny, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the things that I remember when we ended up obtaining uh, Miller is that he's one of the most disciplined defenders. Disciplined. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you have him, and on top of that, you have Christoph, who also is a very extremely experienced player who's also disciplined. So it's kind of tough unless he's going to Yedlin because Yedlin, he's uh, <laughs> he's kind of a firecracker, right? Unless he's going towards Yedlin's side, then maybe you might have a shot at a penalty. But anywhere else, I don't know if that's going to be possible. We haven't you know conceded what? any PKs this year. I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah. But we haven't conceded any penalty kicks. And I don't know if um, Miller's going to be playing this week. I hope he is. I haven't heard any update on if he's going to be playing or not. If he is, he only had committed, I think it was like 16 fouls all of last year. He had four yeah. yellow cards all of last year. And for somebody that was that aggressive and that good defensively, it's kind of surprising to hear that stat. What are you going to say, Bruno? Yeah, no. I, I, You know, it's funny, though, but there's something mentally that, that makes players scared of committing a penalty when they go through so many games or they're scouting a team before the match that there is so many penalties for or against. I noticed yeah. that this last game when I was watching, because we basically defended the entire game, right? We were just being suffocated the entire game. I noticed that uh, we had penalties against us, such as handball, and now I noticed the stance of the players really making sure that the arms were behind the body while they were rushing towards the defender. And I saw this body language of these players being too carefully. If the if if New York had the ball, they weren't rushing to make any tackle. They were just going back, 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 and not putting any cleat in there, any foot in there, because they were too scared. If yeah. they were going to do that, it was going to be a penalty call. This is completely yeah. different from what I've seen in previous weeks. Houston defending a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more screw it. We're going to go for it regardless. But they have been. I see that they have been psychologically affected by being in so many games where there's so many penalties. And, and, and I mean, as a player, as I'm studying film and I'm watching it and I'm looking at the stats and they're breaking down the stats, you might be very disciplined, but there's going to be something on the back of your head when you're going to go to those plays, knowing that you're involved in a team that there's so many controversy related to penalties that it's going to be like, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I just need to be a little bit more careful against this team because these, these referees, even the referees involved, they study these games and these, these players before they go in there. So there's something that, I don't know, man. It's just something interesting and, and that goes into it. And keep in mind, the home team usually has an advantage over the referees. For and, sure. But you know what? I, I don't know if we are the only team. There has to be other ones. But we haven't had a penalty for or against us all season, which is surprising. Seven games this year, not one. Now, we were supposed to have one. Yeah, in the 97th we minute of the last game that would have given us a point if we would have converted. But that didn't happen. We lost the game. It is what it is. But um, I, I wanted to get into, now that we started talking about how Houston has been defending, I wanted to get into more or less the tactics and what formation you guys come out in. Because my understanding is that you guys are a counterattacking team. You guys kind of just play back, maybe a, a low block, and then take your chance to counterattack. Um, I mean... We are well. We were very aggressive. I don't know if we're going to change now because something has to change. I'm assuming we're not going to come out and look exactly like we've been looking over the last five games. But up until now, we've been very aggressive with our wings, uh, mm -hmm. kind of pushing up really far. And because we didn't have a number six to help defensively, that left us open in the back. But how does Houston look tactically? 
how, what formation do you guys play and how more or less do you guys look? So on defense, you're looking at a, you know, I don't know. There's no team here that only sticks to one formation within without the ball in the MLS. Right. Okay. So right. I'm going to get this out of the way because a lot of people just think that, oh, it's 4 3 3, oh, it's 4 4 2, and, and that's what it is. It's not. It's not what it is. There's one with the ball versus one without the ball. So mm-hmm. when uh, it's a 4 3 3, when we play defense, that's what you're going to see. Uh, a lot of times, sometimes it goes to a 4 4 2. Okay. Uh, when we are fully committed to defense, then you're going to be seeing a 4-5-1, okay? So they're going to bulk up the middle up in there with five midfielders um, just as a way to expect. And Arturo is going to be that number five on the field, okay? He's going to be in front of the four-back line, and he's going to be oftentimes that, that joker around that five line, okay? He's going to be moving around back and forth depending where the ball is, and he's going to be aggressive with it. As a matter of fact, I want to say if there's a signing that has been amazing so far this season, he's definitely here to uh, for the Houston Dynamo. I mean, this guy is, you don't even notice he's on the field a lot of times. He's one of those players that does everything so good that he just don't notice. He takes the ball and then he, he usually combines to the counter to uh, Herrera. And then Herrera is the one that, as everyone goes forward on the field, is going to be looking for the spaces to hit the, a longer ball in counterattack. That's that, as you're saying, and well, we play a little bit more defensive and a little bit more out of the back. But as soon as we have the ball, uh, ideally, you we counterattack with speed. I mean, Coco Carrasquilla is a guy that you know he just he gets the ball and he just uses speed to try to dib- dribble pass through you. The one thing that Houston has been struggling is actually uh, being able to to shoot it. We haven't had a lot of shots this season. Uh, and there's there's one too many dribbles. I think that's what it is. You know, like everyone is, seems scared to take a shot aside from Herrera. Uh, and and I, don't, I didn't look at the stats, but I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Herrera has about 75% of the shots of this team. Um, well, I, I will tell you just real quick that you guys have the second least shot attempts this season. You guys have 73. The only team with less is Montreal with 69. And Montreal yeah. has only scored two goals all year. Yeah. So yeah, you guys don't shoot very often. We don't. We don't. We well, have. We are struggling to score in running plays. That's which also attests for that. We don't. We don't shoot, and therefore there's no running plays. And think about it: four of those shots that you mentioned were PKs. <laughs> so yeah, yeah exactly. That, so, uh, you know, and and that's one of the the issues that we've been having is that Corey Bird, you know, or or a striker, you know, is. Ben Olsen is very uh, – the, the way he's setting up this team first year, you know, with, with Houston, he's looking for players that press all the time, okay? That's, that's what he wants. He wants pressing from the strikers. He's willing to sacrifice goals in order to ensure that everyone is committed to playing defense. And in, in his well, mind, I, yes. I, I, and I did want to ask you about that because Sebastian Ferreira isn't starting for you guys, and he's your DP. Yes. But because he doesn't – press they just have him on the bench he's out he doesn't press he's out uh that's so exactly like a super it. sub uh <laughs> no not even a sub he not even, even not even not even he the last two games he doesn't play he didn't not even a single minute the last two games for example and if you really uh dwell down to every single minute he played i think he started the first two games of this season if i'm not mistaken and ever since then he comes off six minutes nine minutes ten minutes until the game is over. And then we had a, a Pat Onstead, our GM, this, this week, two, I think it was yesterday, he came out on an interview and he said, that, well, everyone, it's not that he's, he's lazy, he's just has to change a little bit the way he plays by committing press. And I'm like, no, nah, man, he's just not the style of player that he was looking for. 
uh, Ben Olson. And he's, I mean, honestly, there's, I don't think there's any way to, they're trying to shop him. That's just the way, I mean, I, they're not going to say it, you know, but they're trying yeah, to shop him. And, right. and I don't think anyone is buying it. <laughs> and I think mm-hmm. that's uh, right now they are in that, in that limbo where it's like, well, let's, let's wait. I mean, Pat Onstead right now is in Europe. Our GM is in Europe trying to recruit players. And I'm sure he's trying to, as a matter of fact, sell the players as well. And, and, and they're trying to set up the roster the way Ben Olsen wants. And he wants a striker that presses. He wants a workhorse out there on the, on the front. And, and Sebas, Sebastian Freire, he's a finisher. That's what he is. He was our top scorer last year. Uh, but he, he's, he's a guy that is going to just finish. You know, he's not going to work more than that. And not try to – he's young. He's 25 years old. But changing a player like that in just one month, two months, it just doesn't happen. You know? And, well, and – I mean, and I see that – I see that at the end of the day. It's like I, I you said that everybody sort of judges it as the team plays a 4-3-3 consistently. Right. But that's just because the game is that that's what they're showing as starting the game as the game develops. They play different formations. It's it's very similar to how it happens with us. We look at one formation in the pregame and all, all of a sudden you have players in different places. But all of a sudden you have Yellen playing right center back. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so when it comes to, I guess, the change in formation in the game, do you think that it benefits them to play two up top or three up top better than having a single person up top, especially since they're lacking in the scoring department? That's an interesting question. Um, you know, and, and I'll tell you that most of the times what I see is more a four four two, And then I see oftentimes the last two players being switched. Sometimes he's Bird and Karaskia. Sometimes he's even Franco if he's playing and Basi. Yeah. And, and I think there is a level of indiscipline. They're not being, being very well tactically disciplined. Or they're not patient. Yeah, and, 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 yeah and, that's what it, and everybody's trying to do too much, which ends up doing nothing, you know, if that exactly. makes sense. And, yes, and that makes it's, sense. you get the ball, so let's go forward. Boom, boom, boom. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Try to dribble everybody, for example, with Coco. You know, people like him, and it's, it's great. But like you tra- eventually you're gonna lose the dribble and you didn't and you commit a turnover, which is you at possession without trying to get a look at the goal. You know, and and that's that's there's a you know, in, in Corey Bird, he's he's being so criticized because he's playing for Sebas. He's being so criticized that the guy is not taking any shots, he's too scared. And sometimes his teammates don't even trust him anymore. Why am I giving the ball to this guy? If he's going to receive it down there in the air and he's not going to take a look at the goalie, let me just do another dribble then. And I've seen the uh, against LA, where, which we won 3 0, there were plays where you'll pass the ball. How did you into... do that? <laughs> well, 30, let, me ask, let me tell you in the 38th minute of the game, we had a penalty call against us for the Galaxy. Okay. At that point in time, Galaxy was dominating the game. Okay. It was a penalty call. The ball is already in the PK line. The players are already lined up outside the box, right? Everybody's ready. And then all of a sudden, the referee gets called to go check the VAR. Oh, okay. He checks the VAR. It wasn't. It wasn't. It's not a penalty. And the game completely shifted at that time. Uh, In LA. You were kicking your ass. I got you. Yeah, yeah, they were. They were. And then LA at that point, the season is not being very good whatsoever, right? So that completely changes the momentum of the game. Houston playing at home. Oh, let's go. Let's go. And then uh, next thing you know, we're able to unlock the game. And we got a penalty on our side, too, that was called. (laughs) And then they got a red card. 
because the, the player touched the referee. And to me, it was just like, hey, referee, can you see me? Can you see me? And then he was like, was, no. When, when he was checking the, the VAR? Yes, yes. I it was a perfect disaster. Yes. To me, it was like, he's just stepping to, to hey, 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 you know, he's desperate. But then he's like, oh, you can't do that. Red card? I mean, come on, man. Don't be like like that. He's not like slapping you, spanking you or anything like that, you know. Yeah. But but the, the, the game completely changed and then uh, and and they lost their minds. And and then at that point was 1-0. We just, it was a massacre out there, you know. Yeah. And, 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 and the, 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 that's the interesting thing about the Dynamo. There's been one situation, one play, one, whatever it is. Sometimes the referee, sometimes uh, just a missed opportunity by the other team where we are completely getting crushed in the game at home, and then all of a sudden something happens that completely changes the, the momentum of the game, and that's how we're able to win it. And we have not well, suffered a goal at home. We have not suffered a well, goal at home. You don't count on us missing opportunities too much anymore. Ariel Lasseter isn't on the team anymore, <laughs> so we might actually finish. He had an assist this last have... game yesterday. Who? Oh, Lasseter? Uh, Ariel Lasseter and Bryce Duke, they played a Canadian team in the... Comebold something where two Canadian teams, uh, Montreal played another Canadian team and they won 2 0 with Lasseter having an assist. So eat it. Yeah, I apologize for Chris. He was a big fan of both Lasseter and Duke and he is very upset that they got traded away. But um, nobody's really going to miss them. It's fine. I will. Uh, So on that counter, is Basi the one that's leading the charge? Is that who who the center backs are looking for to kind of push the ball up and connect with the forwards? Uh, well, first of all, they're looking for Herrera. That's our reference, you know. So Arturo okay. mainly. He didn't you know, play last week because because uh, of the red card, correct? Yes, yes. Well, that was I. I have yet to know how a veteran like him with two minutes left in the game. That's insane. The second yes. yellow card, you know. Like, and some people are saying he did that on purpose. No, he did not. You know, purpose uh, in it to not be at a away game that is so crucial that looked on paper that we were actually favorites <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, to not be there. Uh, no, no, thank you. And I'm not biting that. And it was just a lack of focus. I, I don't understand that. The game was com- actually, I don't even understand why he was still on the field being 3 0. Like, first of all, he's, he's an older player, save him up, you know, because they've been saying that he's going to have some games where he needs to not play because he's older, right? So if that's the yeah. case, why is still on the field? Yeah. yeah. Why is still on the field? Like in in to me, that's like little things like that that I'm puzzled by Ben Olsen. You know, it just it's hard for me to figure out this this guy, man, because he just he does things that just doesn't make sense to me. And and I get it in terms of level and respect for Sebas. If he's just gonna come in for 10 minutes, it's a little bit disrespectful for a player with this caliber and salary and things like that. Uh, you know, it, it's just you know, it, it was kind of like Ronaldo coming in. For the last ten minutes in Man United, he's just a little bit disrespectful. So I do get that. That is very disrespectful. I remember that. Yeah. So you know, and I think that's why in the last games he hasn't even played a minute, because before then he was coming in with nine minutes left. And then it's to me it's more puzzling when I have the general manager saying that. Well, but when he comes in, he has to take shots. He has to he has to finish. And I'm like, dude, he's there for nine minutes. What do you expect? You know, is there for and then what do you expect from Corey Bird? He's out there 82 minutes, not doing, not taking a single shot. So I don't, I don't understand these necessarily because it seems like the he's willing as long as his mentality. It's easy. It's old school. It's kind of like if you don't suffer a goal, then you don't lose the game. Yeah. So and and I don't think I don't think I don't think he believes in the players he has. 
Because if you believe in the players that you have, you're not putting basically 11 playing defense. Well, that's the hardest part about the whole thing, to be perfectly honest. I mean, and, and aside from that, getting a little bit further away from the goal, when it comes to Tate Schmidt and his impact, how do you think that's going to take on, on the team's performance this coming weekend? Well, I mean, he got injured a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he's out for the season. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. so and uh, yeah, I mean, he had a goal in the season, and he was doing very good. He was he was actually being one of those players that he'll go all the way from the back on the wings. Uh, yeah, he, he was productive. Yeah, he was very productive. So I think the team is still trying trying to uh, to figure out who to best put him in his place. Um, and and I mean, this is a team in working in work in progress. You know. Uh, it's, he hasn't worked what I've seen to replace him. Um, you know, and I mean, we had Daniel stairs on the other side, which is kind of playing out of position to you, but he's, he's doing pretty decent so far for being out of position. Um, I think as a matter of fact, I'll not, I, I think that's the player before we even tried to find a striker. I think that's the position that they're trying to focus on to bring a, a, a good replacement for him. Uh, we just had someone picked up from waivers. Um, my memory doesn't recall it. Um, I don't, I, that's a role player. That's someone that gives too, too many gaps on the back. So I don't think he's the solution for, for what the Dynamo is looking for. Uh, I think it's just basically give buying time, giving rotation, cheap guy to come in uh, with some veteran uh, leadership and experience, uh, but it's just not the experience. And the player that I'm um, that I'm missing as I'm scrolling through, as a matter of fact, is Chase Gasper. Um, you know, he, he was just on with the Galaxy, but he hasn't played a single minute this season. So don't tell me uh, that that's, that's the player that is going to come in to be the starting player. It, you know, I, I want to say I'd have to. I don't want to misspeak, but isn't he the one that had like an, an alcohol problem, and that's why he wasn't playing? Yes. Yes. Okay. He had some. Okay. He had some problems before. Yes, he had some problems before. Let me okay. tell you, a lot of people in the state of Texas got some alcohol problems. So <laughs> he might, he might have some alcohol problems if he keeps playing around and finding out. I That's mean, all these, sure. all these losing seasons, man. You know, like don't, don't blame <laughs> you know. Like, I mean, we got, we got to, we got to do something about it. You know. Listen. Uh, it's, just, it's, it's just like Lucho Lau Rodriguez just said. He's gonna be drunk. Right, Lu Lucas just added earlier. He, there's no way he's watching the the game sober, right? Well, I, mean, I do want to get get here... to something Lucho said because Lucho said no Arroyo, no Yedlin, no Drake, no Miller. Has all of this been confirmed? Because I hadn't heard any of that. That sounds it, like a disaster. I haven't heard any of that. I, I I need somebody in the chat if if you have a chance. And I'll look on my side, guys. But I haven't heard any of that. But anyway, Connect if we're missing sources. all those players. Please. Is Hector Herrera officially back? Red card. He'll be back. Now, you guys scrapped out a point last week, right? Much because of Clark. But mm -hmm. if Herrera would have played, would it have been much different? Like, yes. is, is he that big of an impact player? Absolutely. I mean, look, um, for example, and I'm looking at the uh, how we set up uh, last week, okay, on the lineup. And I'm seeing com players completely out of position, Okay. So, for example, on the position number five, I have Bassi over here as a starter, okay? Yeah. And remember, I told you that Artur was the position five. Well, Artur was the position six or seven on the field. And it probably was, okay. the worst game. It was the worst game he did in the season so far because he wasn't able to compensate where he was supposed to be in doing the transitions. The team didn't exist offensively. There was no offense whatsoever, okay? And the reason why was because everyone was just setting up defending, being out of position. Bassi is going to back 
which doesn't allow him to be forward and receive the ball when the team has it. The first touch from Herrera or a midfielder down there. Uh, so that was a problem. Then Arturi is misplaced too, so he's going to be two back. And what's going to happen is basically you're going to – what I saw was a back line of five, six sometimes, and then another front line of three, and then maybe one up there on the front. Up and that one would receive the ball, dribble one, two times, yeah. and see the defender lose it, and then let's go back to this. And, you know, I feel like – it's crazy because I feel like what's going on is we both as teams are suffering from the same thing where there's just – uh, people just overcompensating for missing play. And it's kind of the same thing, right? You guys aren't scoring goals. We're not scoring goals. We're overcompensating on defense. You guys are overcompensating on defense or in the midfield. I mean, not necessarily in the midfield, but you kind of get where I'm coming from. It's, it's sort of the tail of the two ends that are the same. At this point, it's like somebody mentioned earlier. We're, we're just watching the game to see who's the better of the worst at this point. That's kind of interesting. I mean, I, I'm not going to say that this necessarily falls. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, no, look, Houston Houston has 10 points. We no, can't they're on them too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, no, yeah, they're not bad. Like, these teams actually look kind of similar in many things, okay? So, uh, yes. a goal scored, it's the same thing. Both of them yep. have 20, 29 corners. Let's see, you know, like you can't make this up. 29 corners, both of them, okay? Both of them are struggling a little bit of spaces, especially to finish off offensively, right? Uh, and, and then struggling with gaps between lines that are being explored by other teams. You know, and of course, injuries too. I mean, uh, we're talking about Smith, but you guys lost the midfielder too, uh, Gregory, you know? Like, and it was, to me, yes. it was the reason why you guys started losing. I mean, you win the first two games, then you come to NYC and... Boom, he's out for the season, and then you lose that game, and you lose all the other four. So, and well, I now, think a lot, a lot of, a lot of people have. When we say that Gregory was the reason, a lot of people tend to say, "Oh, but it's not our defense because they're not scoring a lot on us. It's because we have no offense." But people aren't understanding that the reason we have lost a lot of offense is because we have our eights that are usually contributing on offense now playing that six role and they're staying back. They're not allowed to push up as much. So although technically Gregory wasn't an offensive player, it did affect, affect our offense because now we have offensive minded players that contribute that aren't going to push up. And also Gregory used to fall back a lot. He used to help that back line when our wing backs would push up, but because we don't have Gregory there and we don't have natural six playing and helping in the back line, we're all of a sudden being caught with our pants down when people are catching us on the counterattacks. So Gregory was, it, it, if he, while he was healthy, you wouldn't have thought it would have made as big of a difference. But as soon as he wasn't there, you realized how important Gregory was to everything going on, on offense and on defense. And at this point, uh, like Lucas just said, we might have to start Uyoa again this Saturday. It's over. Like, I mean, if people are looking at Uyoa as, as the starter, it's going to be bad news bears well, for us. I think that Look at that's this. what has me the most worried. Now that we, we had a couple people in the, in, the, um, in the chat tell us that this weekend we're going to have no Miller, no Dixon Arroyo, and no Robert Taylor. I'm not sure why Robert Taylor, but no Robert Taylor. That that was confirmed today in the press conference. I, I didn't hear it. But if that is true, we're missing those three key players – and on top of that, we traded away two players over the last week. So we're coming in 
bare boned because our midfield. In with, what, what are we doing? I mean, we're I, coming I, in with janitors are going to be playing the the soccer game. That's that's what's going to happen. Chris, I'm going to ask you, Chris, who's going to be? Well, I'm assuming we're going to play two up top, Joseph and Campana, right? We I hope all Campana's assume, there. I, I we all assumed that we were going to play five in the back once we got Miller, but Miller's not there, so we're probably going to go with four in the back again. Yeah, so let's say we go thing. four in the back. So let's say we go Yedlin on the right. We have uh, Negri on the on the left. And then we have McVeigh and Kristoff. That's our back line. Who's playing the midfield? And, I mean, look at... Well, I mean, Bryce Duke is out of here. Lasseter's so out of here, right? Taylor's not coming. Taylor's not point, playing. At this point, it's going to be probably Pizarro. Yes. It's going to be Mota. Mota, uh-huh. And, and Stefanelli, I guess. Oh, I don't geez. don't say that. I'll fight you. I do not want to hear that Uyo is going to play. You so want to see Stefanelli? Gonna... He's done absolutely nothing. Would you rather see Stefanelli or would you rather see Uyoa? I'd rather see U- Uyoa because I actually All right, want We're going to move on to the next topic because I don't want to hear ah, you talk get about out of here. I don't want to hear you talk about Uyoa anymore. You know, they, they, it's right. funny. It's funny you guys said that because, you know, like what I noticed is that you guys switched mainly to a 3 4 1 2. Uh, that's that's what I saw, you know. In in on defensively, because, yeah, because on offense you guys formation were using, and on defense you guys were switching to a four-two-three-one to just bulk up more guys on the back. You know that's why you mentioned the four guys on the back uh, yep. to provide more numbers defensively. And uh, so I mean I won't be surprised because you guys are missing everybody to just do the four-two-three-one. Uh, you know, just to and again it's a game on the road on top of it, a team that. You know, honestly, hasn't allowed any goals, but has been winning. So I, I feel like you guys are going to be very conservative, and you guys, you know, tend to play from the back, which any don't. You know what, the the you thing know is, if you I pressed, if you I pressed, uh, sorry, let me just finish. If you I pressed yeah, I against it. Houston, that's the one thing we're struggling against. It's the I press. A team that presses constantly got our number. A team that doesn't press on us and allow us to build from the back slowly and then just use those cutting attacks fast, that's our key to win the game. And I think that you guys match very poorly against our style. And now you well, we don't we, we don't we don't press high. I think in the beginning of the season we started pressing high, but we're we're not pressing high. No. And um we also play out of the back. Um I I don't even know. I don't see what what we're going to do. Because the thing is, last year, Neville was very defensive-minded. He was very defensive-minded, and everybody was criticizing because he would just kind of play the counter and just wait for it, run it up the wings, and, and lob it into the middle. That, that was the game plan up until we got to the point where we got um, Pozuelo in the summer transfer. Then we started attacking a little more. This year, completely different. We're just attacking. And, and just praying that Calendar saves us. Because I understand that we've only given up. I want to say, well, how many goals have we given up? Eight or nine goals. But but we should have given up a ton more. You guys have because, because Drake has saved us on numerous occasions. And on top of that, once a team takes the lead on us, they play a low block and they just allow us to pass the ball, short passes back and forth. And they just wait. And so everybody sees the stats and they're like, Oh, you had 65% possession, 70% possession. You guys really dominated. No, they allowed us to do that because they knew we couldn't do anything in the final third. So what are we? We're not a threat. So they're just waiting for a turnover and then to counter because other than that. So that's what happened the last game. 
the last game against uh, Dallas, they dominated the first 30 minutes until they got that first goal. And after that, they just sat back and just let us play around with the ball because we had no way to break them down. And, the, and the, that's what I see is that, is that you guys do those those two lines with, with four. And then what happens is, you know, you, you have the ball and you try to build from the back because you eventually are looking for the lines to shift towards you, right? To come forward mm -hmm. on the field. And then when the lines come towards the field, they will expect gaps to open up. And then that's how they, they, they do the attack. The right. thing is, you guys are predictable. I've said this before. You know, you guys are predictable and now the teams are just waiting You know, instead of like pressing, like, no, you come, you come slowly, come over here, you know, come over here. We're uh -huh. going to stay compact here. We'll wait for you. Uh huh. Yeah. And then when you come over here, eventually you got more numbers. So we're going to be able to take the ball. And now you came my way. And I see there's too many gaps between those two lines of four. And now we're going to mm -hmm. take advantage of that encounter. Oh, and yeah. then when we have the ball, and, you got, and by the way, you guys like to play on the wings when you have the ball, right? With Pizarro and stuff, because that's what mm -hmm. he likes to do, to move to the wings. Yep. Every time he gets the ball in the middle, he's just goes to the wing he's like this is not good okay i need, I need mm -hmm. to be over here by the corner flag and and, and mostly and, on the left wing yeah yeah it, so it's predictable right and, and, where, and, and that's where negri pushes up basically as well so they're both like in the same area mm -hmm. yeah i saw i saw like there was a there was a thing where just they're basically combining both the ball you know and, and but it was just a combination back and forth back and forth overlapping runs but between them two or back and forth uh huh <laughs> and I was like, okay, but well, this is not going anywhere, you know? Nope. Uh, and, 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 and then what happens is you guys get from the poison you're trying to give is the poison that you ended up receiving, which is then what a lot of teams going to go use the wings against Yell. And then you, when you guys let, I'm going to use the wings, right? I got the ball, right? And I'm on the wing, right? So now your lines shift towards where the ball is. And what happens is now that I do the back, that back post. Nothing wide open, and someone is going to cut from the back and be wide open. Well, and from what it sounds like, the way that you're explaining it, it seems that that's a, a strength that the dynamo have. Yes. So, so would that be something that you would consider is the the the, the biggest strength of the team? Yeah, and I mean our corner takers, which is Herrera, you know, and I've been very anti-zone defense on corners. Uh, you know, even as a coach and stuff like that, I it's what everybody is doing. It's fashionable. Even the other day, I asked one of the Dynamo 2 players from MLS, MLS Next, why is everyone doing it? And he, as a player, also had mixed feelings about it. He, he's like, I well, understand it, but there's so many. It opens stuff. up to confusion and it opens up for a little confusion also. And that's what you want in the area is confusion. Yes. You know, yes. and, and exactly. it's just, you know, if you man, man enough and cover your guy. Mm -hmm. And you have more numbers, so when the ball comes their way, then you can have your teammate compensate and double team the other guy. Okay, but but you know, like, but everyone is is zoning, and we are good, and we got a radar to take these these corner kicks, which he's very good at positioning the ball in the spot that he wants, and and so that we we are good on corners. You know, we don't have a lot of those. Not in this past game, we actually didn't have a single corner uh, against uh, New York. Uh, you know, because if we had corners, we actually been having a lot of corners, but then we didn't add any corner this past game. So he really took a tool on the stats when you look at it, you know, because 28 corners for both teams, it doesn't seem as real as what you are seeing because we didn't add any corners last game. But in, and that's why I said a little bit ago, you guys match up very poorly against us yeah. because I feel like our strengths are your guys' weaknesses and, and, and your guys' strengths are just, you know, honestly what we like y'all to do. So we just... 
that's why on paper to me, I feel actually in, and I've said this before, but I, I, I don't like to predict anything because as a Dynamo supporter and, and analyst to this season, it's been tough for me to believe that, that I'm confident before I enter the match because I don't know what team yeah. I'm going to But right, right, against right. Seattle, against Seattle and with the roster that we have, and eventually we're going to have Eric Sviatchenko, we signed from Mitilan, he's going to be a center back. And, and that is going to also help us compensate for Schmidt because we're going to have a, a very strong, a very mine center backs that are like the coaches in the, in the defense, you know, because they are there in the middle and they're supposed to, to be vocal and he's very good with English too. Uh, so it's going to allow everybody to Escobar to be more comfortable and everybody to be more flexible on the defense to compensate the needs for, uh, for Schmidt. So I think we're going to be okay on that, on that sense of compensating for Schmidt kind of, circling back to that question you asked me, but it's going to take time. Just like you guys, we sign players. So it's going to take, even if, even if your new signings were to play, honestly, this will so be still going to take time. Yeah, yeah. You know, cause they don't know everybody. They don't know how to communicate. They don't know nothing. I just heard the, I just heard the interview from our GM. They said that last year when they signed Herrera, the younger players were kind of shy on the field because he was such a superstar. And to me, I thought that he was like, you must be kidding me. <laughs> like uh, the teammates are kind of shying away. They yeah. kind of struck, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and he was kind of like saying that that's the reason why he wasn't that good last year. And honestly, the, good, the reason why it's not good, and especially you see with players that come from foreign countries, the MLS mm-hmm. is a unique style, you know, and, and, and I think it's a league that we don't know the style yet. That's why a lot of people struggle in finding talent, talent that looks good on paper, but then when they comes, he plugs it. doesn't translate. It doesn't translate because this league is still trying to figure out their identity in the style of it. That's why uh, every time someone signs someone from overseas, I'm like, okay, that's good, but I don't know if it's going to be good here, to be honest with you. And, and, and you, you said know, that's a good thought. You said uh, your your strength, Hector Herrera, and uh, his his corners. I'm assuming free kicks. He takes the free kicks also. So he scored a big cue from the from the outside from the outside corner. Uh, he had a free kick from the outside corner of the box. Uh, where it's kind of like a, 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 you shoot straight to the net, right? But you try to see if there's a deflection there uh, between, you know, use the confusion, nobody deflected it, and the goalie wasn't expecting the ball to go in the opposite corner, and there was a goal. So that's, you know, that's, we use the, we use the edges a lot, try to stretch out the field. We try to use the counterattack in speed uh, to be able to compensate uh, Yal, and then Artur usually gets the ball back from the defenders, and then he sets up Herrera a little bit more forward, Herrera rece- receives the ball, and he progresses about one, two touches, looks up as players doing movement, and then he does a mid-long range pass to try to progress the ball a lot faster that way, and that's how we tend to use the counterattacks, especially using the wings, and then cutting back. Mm. Lovely. <laughs> Everything you say makes me makes me makes me fearful of this weekend. So make me feel a little better. What make you feel weakness? a little bit. Better. The weaknesses. What weaknesses? Well, I mean, we still we still are a team that is trying to involve finding its identity uh, as well. So if you guys pressure us, and I said it, if you if you bring more energy, if you pressure us, or if you match our energy, I feel like you got our number. You know, it's it's about energy, and I think that I've said it uh, a little bit ago that the differences between playing away and home is you do feed off the crowd. You do tend to not get nervous sometimes uh, when things are not going your way. But if you guys start the game strong, which is basically, I noticed that there's, I feel like there's, there's a pattern here. Every single coach against us have told the players to come off strong right off the game. Just 
bring everything. And they bring everything. Yeah. Regardless if it's at home or not, most teams tend to dominate it in the first minutes. And if you guys somehow, some way, were able to score the goal, I feel like they'll crash us. Yeah, okay. You know, like they'll, they'll literally damage the entire game plan. I because can see then, that. then they'll be like, well, we haven't suffered a goal at home. You know, we've, we found this to be our fortress. Then there's going to be some, you know, the noise of the fans, a little bit confused, all that, right? And now you guys are a little bit more confident, right? Okay, now we're on the road, we, we scored a goal, right? So now maybe we can be a little bit more defensive, right? And we struggle it. We struggle when we don't use the counter, we struggle to have possession and be able to create opportunities of goals. And I've said it, we don't when shoot. When you're chasing. Right. Yeah, we, we don't shoot the ball a lot. So because we, when we see that you guys are stuck in the box, we are not feeling confident that we actually our shot is going to go in. It might be deflected, whatever the reason is. So it's about energy, and, and uh, you know, and, and it's just not energy too, but it's like routines that players have that when you are on the road you don't have it, such as having breakfast at home, whatever it is, the familiarity and stuff like that. And, and it does. It seems like kind of mundane. It seems like pathetic even from a professional standpoint, but it does make a difference, uh, and it does make a difference when a lot of these players are still young players. Um, and, and, and they're not comfortable because they're still trying to get to know each other. And you guys and are like, averaging, you guys are averaging four shots on target per game. Yeah. So, but when they go, opportunities. They go. when they go, they go. Yeah, no. When Look, out of 28, you, yeah, I mean, out of 28, you're, you're 37% on, on shots on target converting. So, yeah, when they That's go, they go. But and that yeah, percentage that actually, and that percentage actually, to me, uh, you know, as a new fan to this sport, it sounds like it's not bad. That's good. One out of three shots. It's right. It's the, That's, that it's sounds the, good. It's the eighth. It's the eighth best in the league. When they, when they get it. Yeah. When they get it, but when, they haven't got it. And, and there's and there's been a problem, and this team has been trying to address it. Is that the well, final they, third? Yeah, because we're like, we are good defensively now. Okay, I got that. I mean, we are so good defensively that we had about 36 clearances out of the box. Out of the, not the box, but like the 20 yards. You got the, the box plus 20 yards off the field. We had 36 clearances last game. 36 clearances. Wow. That's pathetic. That's a, that's, we were like crushed, 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 crushed. And then Steve Clark saved the day. But we also did a pretty good job defensively because we spent 90 minutes Defending the ball in our last fourth. Yeah. But yep. experiences. Can you think about that? So, so, so offensively, we are there. Offensively, we're not. So then does that mean, because you've brought up a couple of things that will sh- sort of showing the weaknesses on the team. So I guess we're sticking to the same thing. I mean, it's something that can be able to keep us optimistic as Inter-Miami fans then. Sure. You know, uh, I, that's, why, that's why I don't know what Houston I'm going to see every game. Okay, and, I, and I've seen it every single game, even at home, we have been dominated somehow, some way, you know, until something happens that changes the momentum of the game. And that's yeah. going to be, I think the key is you guys controlling their shift or their shift not controlling where the energy just gets in the, in the crowd, you know, and, and, and I'm not even saying that it's going to be sold out or whatever it is, but there's a certain swag now to the team. You know, like okay, like yeah. we go away, we're not, we're not confident. It's we've been losing all points at away, but now this is this is our fortress, and it, we kind of say it over here, hold it down, hold it down, right? They are literally holding. That's it down. the hashtag. Yeah, that's the hashtag. They are holding it down, but they are not really being strong offensively. But they are holding it down on the back. And, and, you guys and, and sound like the 2022 Inter Miami team. <laughs> 
because we knew that on the road. I mean, we 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 knew that on the road we were gonna lose, but we felt like at home we're gonna win every game. Doesn't matter who you who we play, that we were gonna win. Now this year we thought that that's where we were going, right? We won the first two games at home, then we lost the next two on the road, but then we lost to Chicago, and everything's just been downhill since that loss to Chicago, um, because now we're not winning or at home or away. So we just suck all well, all, all over. Well, and for me, and for me as a as a new fan to this, I look at FIFA a lot. And so the one thing that keeps me optimistic is looking at the FIFA team. And I'm just going to bring the team up here real quick, right? <laughs> and so we got a couple we got a couple 60s. We got like a couple 70s. Obviously, the best player is Herrera, right? I mean, but I'm liking our chances if we're playing FIFA. Okay, but you're not much FIFA. better. Yeah, but that's uh, <laughs> you are telling me that you're gonna have uh, three guys that are normally not there on the starting lineup. So, what are yes, the, uh, Schmidt? Yes, yeah, I ended up picking, I ended up picking up a picture online, and <laughs> and uh, there was a couple guys I couldn't find there. I mean, there were 50s anyway, so it wouldn't have helped you anyway. <laughs> yeah, but right, some of these things so. are overrated, man. I think that Adebe, for example, on the back over there. I mean, this guy is he's young, man, and he's very promising. He has a very impressive physique, tall, skinny, lengthy, um, very athletic. I think he's like, if I look at all these players in terms of like prototype of like, if you work hard on them one-on-one, they can really improve in the next two, three years. I think that Adebe yeah. is one player that nobody's talking about that I think that if he really focuses and continues to work, might be one of the biggest defensive players in this league because his body, his skills, his, his physique, and even speed, it's there. He just needs to be worked on one-on-one more. And just so everybody knows, because some people might not be familiar with Adebe, the, the center back for Houston, his first name is Teenage. Is it Teenage or Teenager? Yeah. Teenage. Teenager. Teenage. Teenage. The yeah. wildest name in MLS, probably. His name is Teenager Harebe. Teenage, Teenage. So, he's, teenage. He's oh, no, no, no. He's, teenage. He's from Zimbabwe. So that's, you know, they got those those interesting names, you know. But teenage, well, that's, that's, that's interesting. Well, right, and just so, getting back to the, getting back to what right. I was saying, Lucas is saying a 50 rated would still score or ball out on us. So, you know, Lucas, I, I love <laughs> the energy. I really love the energy. But now, uh, Bruno, because I'm Bruno too, so I could say Bruno like that. Sure. I want to know what your prediction <laughs> is. All right. I want to know what you think the game score is going to be. I think I might have an idea, but I want to hear what you have to say about the game first. Yeah, I think that I, I think it's going to be a two-zero uh, for Houston. Uh, and now, I mean, I you know I don't want to go farther than than the two-zero, but I mean, you guys seem like you're really going to be missing some key pieces, you know. And, and I was expecting those pieces to be already plugged in and, and you'll be the surprise because even Ben Wilson said this week, you guys did add two weeks to prepare. So that extra week does. That's why I'm surprised also. You know, my, but, you know, and, 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 and I mean, they asked him and he was a little bit confused too what the lineup was going to be for Yale because, you know, with the new players, he wasn't going to sure that you, they were going to play or not. Um, and, and apparently he's not going to be playing. So that's definitely a downside for Yale. Um, so I don't, I don't really, and I know that maybe Saturday uh, the night comes and I might be completely wrong and, you know, and then you guys can press, uh, press play on these and I look like a fool over here, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I just, I just don't see uh, from a team that is so confident at home, not allowing a single goal 
having a team receiving a team that struggles to score goals that, that hasn't scored a goal on the road right and now missing three key pieces uh down there it's now all of mm-hmm. a sudden going to wake up and do something opposite of that i just don't see it you know uh not to sound like a debbie donner or whatever but i just it doesn't make sense to me uh and there's a certain and now we are getting some pieces back so you know on top of that you know we should look a little bit different and there's a certain level of like we lost but we didn't play the lick we didn't play a lick we tied but we didn't play a lick uh this past game so there's a certain uh swag into the players like okay like we felt embarrassed too out of that that tie so it's time for us to go back home and improve that uh all these doubters that we can do much better than than that and, and i mean it's not like we're playing lafc you know, uh, you guys are not LAFC, so and not, not even close. <laughs> and that's why I feel like this week, uh, you know, that it should be fair. maybe a little more challenging. Maybe a little yeah, bit more maybe. challenging. No, he's saying it's not going to be challenging, sir. <laughs> oh, it's not going to be as challenging. No, I don't no, think no. so, man. I don't think. But you know, I was surprised too because I felt pretty good last week. Uh, getting the Red Bulls. Yeah, and I, and I felt like it was going to be a win, maybe 1-0 or something. But then, I mean, they did get the tie. But uh, So I might be wrong, man. And it's the thing about the MLS, man. It's fun to watch because it's just sometimes you just never know. Sometimes you just never know. It's one of those leagues, kind of like the Premier League, too. You know, you might have the last place team winning against the first uh, place team some weekends, you know. And, and, and I don't think it's going to happen, but I don't know, man. I think that a 2-0, you know, we scored the first goal and then you guys kind of freak out a little bit. And then we take advantage a little bit more from the counter and, and finish off with the second. I feel like that's that's where the game might be at. And so what do you think, Danny? What's what's on your mind in terms of a prediction here? Um, the fact that we're not going to have Miller, I think, hurts. But we have McVay and Kristoff, which is what we had all. Our backline is going to be very similar to what we've had all year so far. It hasn't given up too many goals. Again, I think it's because other teams stop attacking. And they just allow us to hold the ball. So I think that those numbers are deceiving. But it, it is what it is. Statistically, we don't give up a lot of goals with that back line. So I don't think that because Houston isn't necessarily great offensively, I'm not too worried about them scoring too much on us. I think Pizarro and Stefanelli um, playing in the midfield isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world with uh, Mota holding down the six. I, I would hope that after two weeks prepare, that they'd have Campana and Joseph a little more ready. Look, we ha- we got Campana back two two weeks uh, two weeks ago, and he only played sixty minutes. I think we can expect Campana to play a little longer, and I- I'm holding out hope that Campana and Joseph can finally spark some magic with these two weeks. I don't know what exactly Neville's gonna pull, but we have to try something different. I, I think that maybe we can muster out a one-one draw. And believe me, that. that- that, it's asking for a lot. It, it, you know it's what? It's sad that lot. asking for one goal is a lot. But I really do think we, we can't look this bad this long with decent offensive players. Joseph, even though he's lost a step, Joseph still has to have something left in that tank. And we've been waiting for Campana to play up top with him to finally give him some space so he can move around, maybe get behind the defense. Now, I understand that Houston hasn't given up a goal that they play a deep back line, they play for the counter, but we have to do something. We have to play through the middle and, and find Campana and Joseph. I, I think that Campana finally gets on the board with this season. I, I'm, I'm predicting 1-1, 1-1 draw. 
And and I have a question, Bruno. Do you think that a one-one tie would be a win-win for both teams? No, no. I think that, uh, I think win. no. Because, we want to win these for sure because it's at all. Yeah. It's against y'all that y'all haven't looked good and they're not above that missing mm-hmm. some key pieces. So I don't think there's any excuses to not because we It'd need be a win points. for us. We we need these points if yes. we are not getting points on the road. We definitely need to get these points. And and on top of that, uh, you guys, it's also a must win or a must some something at least a, a point. Yes. Points, points, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because it's five games, man. You know, like it's five games with nothing. You know, like in now two weeks, what's the excuse now? You had two weeks to prepare, and a lot of y'all have been criticizing Neville for being predictable. So now you had two weeks to prepare. What can you pull out of your app, Magic App? But the, well, that, know- that's why I feel like I'm sorry to cut you off, Chris. But that's what I yeah, feel like. Ahead. We don't know what to expect from Neville this week. I don't want to predict what he's going to come out, whether it be formation, attack, whatever. I don't I don't know what to expect, but I'm expecting that he knows he's on the hot seat and that he's going to try something different. So I'm expecting that whatever he does, I'm hoping it works. And because the way the Red Bulls looked against you guys gives me some hope. Even though it was in New York or New Jersey, whatever, even though it was on the road, it gave me some hope watching them the way they were pressing. Like I told you all year, he's been very offensive-minded. So he's been attacking. Now, on that final third, we haven't done anything, but we didn't have Campana for basically all but 60 minutes of it. So I'm hoping that that changes things a little bit and we can muster out at least one goal. And I'm giving you guys a goal just because I can't imagine us winning. Because I would would love to say 1-0, but I just can't imagine us winning. I'd be happy with the draw. So I guess that's why I'm throwing out one goal for you guys. But I do think that we get on the board and that you guys score on us also. So I'm, I'm going to say 1-1. One, one. Here, here's uh, – yeah, go ahead, Bruno. Keep in mind, we, we were crushed 36 clearances and we still only allowed one goal. Yeah. Keep that in no, mind. I know, I know. I know. And, and, but look, Campana is our – Campana is our DP. He's our playmaker. He's the person that's supposed to carry us. So because he's that guy, he's finally back. And I would hope after two weeks off and finally getting a little rust off those 60 minutes last game that maybe he gives us some magic. Again, I'm not saying that I'm convinced of this, but I do think that there's a good chance because with two weeks to prepare for this one game, you have to come out and show me something. Because if we lose, then I'm going to feel really, really down because that that's going to be the longest losing streak in franchise. I know we had a very short history, but we've only, we've done this twice. We've lost six games in a row. This will be the third time and the first time in two years. So we'll be down bad at that point going up against Columbus the following week in Columbus. So, yeah. Go ahead, Chris. And, and, and what I was trying to say was I was, I was thinking earlier about the prediction, what I think it might be. And I thought 1-1 is reasonable. But let me tell you something. This is kind of a bad like storm that we're going through because even though we had a week off, we lost two players. We gained two players who, I mean, at this point, we don't even know who's going to be playing this weekend. We don't know at what capacity people are going to be playing because we have Joseph Martinez and we have Campana, who Campana played 60 minutes. I mean, at this point, you know, uh, Yedlin's coming back, but, like, is he coming back? How much time is he going to play? If not, is 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 Neville Jr. going to be playing right back? Like, there's a lot of things that are just, like, sort of, tw- like, whirlwinding around I hope that we get our asses kicked like 4-1. 
That's what I hope. Because if we're gonna lose, we're, we got to lose big. Like I want this you know to what? be a big. You know what, Chris? I, I take it back. We're gonna win one zero, and I'm gonna rub the shit in your face. How you mean? We hope we lose four one. What is wrong with you? We're gonna win one zero, Lucas. You watching this? No pain on this face. We're gonna win one zero. We're gonna get on that W column. We're gonna get three points. And you know what's gonna happen next week? Everybody's gonna be really hyped. He's gonna say we won on the road. We had three points. We finally stopped the losing streak. We're going to go play and kick Miami FC's ass in FIU. Then we have Columbus. We have Miller coming back, and he's going to debut. Dixon Arroyo is going to debut. Campana scores, so everybody's hyped. And everybody's going to be feeling great. And I'm going to play this clip back for you, Chris, and I'm going to shove it in your face. We're going to get our asses kicked. Looks like uh, Crazy is ready for uh, from Dallas Cowboys to the Houston Texans, man. You know, (laughs) down there, man. Like uh, the new honorary uh, Houston Dynamo fan up in there. This guy guy said four to one Houston. And that not only that, he's predicting that. If you predict it is one thing. You said you hope for it. Make me sick. I hope for it. I hope for it. If we lose, we got to lose big, Bobby. No, no, I don't want to lose big. What is that? All right, uh, Bruno, uh, we're reaching the end here. But I did want to ask you one thing. We're very proud of our supporter section, right? We love going to games, even if the team is bad, because we have a great time at the stadium. We have Vice City. We have Southern Legion. We have uh, the Siege. We have great supporters groups. Awesome environment. They come out and they support on the road at home. I don't know how many people are going to be out there this weekend, but it's a big, it's a great experience when we come to the, to the stadium. How is it at Houston Dynamo Games? Like, what's the, what's the biggest supporters group? What's the environment like? Is it in the? Is it? It's in downtown. So I don't know if it's anything like it is in uh in Cincinnati, where being downtown, everybody goes to bars and then they go to the stadium. Or is it kind of like uh, is is it tailgating? Like, what's the experience like in Houston? Okay, so it depends on the games, but uh, a lot of people go across. I don't want to say across. It is across the street to Pitch Twenty Five. Uh, which is a soccer bar, uh, and okay. a lot of people just hang out down there. There's even like area where you can play soccer and things like that. So it's a pretty neat bar, oh, nice. uh, you know. And a lot of the supporters group that's kind of like their tailgate. It's done down there. Uh, of course, there's special events for game of the season and stuff like that, where it's actually done in the parking lot. Uh, the stadium is closer to the downtown slash museum district. It's almost across from the Houston um, Astros Astros. Stadium. Yeah, they share the parking lot, which sometimes can be a pain in the butt for it, especially if both teams are playing at similar times. Uh, because they do uh, take priority. The Astros take priority on the parking lot. over. They have a lot higher attendance for sure. In recent years, I mean, because uh, there's, I remember when I used to go there and they used to feed me peanuts and beg me to to be in the stands when they were uh, that awful, you know. So, uh, but yeah, lately they've been they've been doing good. The supporter section, it's it's amazing, man. I'll be honest with you, man. I have tickets for uh, other for the regular section, but I find myself uh, just going down there and stand up on the supporter section just to feel the vibe of a true soccer game. Uh, you know, good people down there. You got the surge, the battalion. Uh, you got multiple. You have about five of them, five organized groups, uh, and good people down there. It's not like you you're gonna go down there for a fight. You know, the other day I actually felt like a bouncer, man. Uh, we had some LA Galaxy fans near the supporter section, and this lady got drunk and started getting on the face of a Dynamo lady, and it was like uh, cursing in Spanish, and and I had to go down there and I had to kind of like escort her out, uh, you mm-hmm. know. And yeah, it was interesting. And she was Fun like times. Hey, she was yelling at me in Spanish, and I was like, "Ooh, that's kind of sexy." But you know, I <laughs> but but anyway. So, uh, oh, you gotta come, have you come to Miami because you you'll feel sexy all the time. 
Hey, yes. man, I'm, I'm single now, so, uh, you know. <laughs> it's sexy so, time, Bruno. It's sexy like time it. all the time down here. I like it, man. I like it. I might. Nah, nah. I was going to say something, dumb, which was I'm going to be a Miami fan now, but now nah, I'm not going to. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, don't worry. Wait till the summer when we get messy. I know you love messy. Uh, then you can come over. No, I'm we, good. We were man. talking I'm before good. the show started. Messi and Ronaldo. For those that don't know, Bruno is Portuguese. So, um, it's the Ronaldo. But it's it's a good vibe, you know. Like I wish there was more people at the game, especially like when when some good teams, good players, especially like LA Galaxy. Everybody wanted to see Chicharito, so there was nineteen thousand people in there. It was a good ambience. Oh, yeah. and, and things like that, you know. But then well, sometimes where Miami is coming to town, I don't know, man. I, I feel like maybe we're going to have attendance of like 12, 14,000, I believe. I mean, you guys are not winning a lot. So, no, no yeah. Like star it's power. not going to be a big draw. Yeah. Well, speaking, yeah. But speaking of Chicharito, um, you guys have a high, I'm assuming, Mexican population. So, is there like a big latin influence in your supporters groups like do you guys do the spanish chants or their english chants like how's that over there yeah it's mainly spanish uh mm -hmm. you know okay. uh and and I, it, that's something that i spoke the other day on my podcast that i, I wish that we target more the spanish community even though a lot of the fans are are spanish latin uh latinos and because I, I feel like if we actually really target those communities, especially more outside Houston, where these communities tend to live outside Houston, more in the suburbs area. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and that's something that I've talked about. This idea of like every single major league soccer stadium needs to be downtown. I think it's a little bit outplayed. Uh, I think depends on the community that you are in. And I think that if at least in Houston area, if the stadium was a little bit more on the outskirts, more people, especially the lower communities, lower tier income communities, would have access to the games. I mean, for $15, you can buy a ticket for the supporter section. So it's you can't beat the price here. It's not right, about yeah. price. It's not about money. It's about a lot of times it's about the commute. Even for me, man, you know, like driving 30 minutes downtown, crossing those roads, sometimes I'm like, uh, do I feel like it, man? I don't feel like driving today, man, you know, and I'm not going to do it. And and that's kind of like what I wish it was a little bit different. And I, and I know we will attract bigger crowds because, I mean, in Houston, we got such a big community, such diverse too, a lot of European influence too. So soccer is loved here. And you see it when Mexican teams come to NRG Stadium, there's 70,000 people there. Easy, easy, wow. easy. Yeah. Golden Cup, or they, they put the, the tickets for sale, and I saw that the tickets were going about 250 bucks already. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. Because they, they're coming with these Spanish, uh, these Latino teams that coming from South America, and, and they want to go. They want to be there because it represents where they come from. But in the of Dynamo, course. there's a sense of, like, disconnect that is not really targeting a lot of these communities. And, and, and I feel like a lot of these people would rather watch a Mexican League game on the TV rather than experiencing a real soccer game with their kids. And unless your kids, and I see it all the time, unless your kids tend to do some high school soccer or middle school soccer, then a lot of these Hispanics by themselves, they tend to shy away from going to the stadium unless they tend to have, either way they're involved in a supporters group or their friends are there or their kids that play soccer want to go. To uh, Emma, uh, we have that a similar issue down here as far as distance goes because our stadium's in yeah. Fort Lauderdale. Chris and I drive an hour to go to the stadium where eventually hopefully we're going to open one in Miami, which will be a nice shorter drive, maybe 20, 25 minutes. But as of right now, it's an hour drive. So 
because a lot of our fan base is Miami based, right? It has a lot of their following and support, but a lot of people in Miami are like, I'll wait till they come down here because it's too far of a drive. And it really is. Chris, you're going to say something. Uh, yeah, I think that the, the issue is, is that there's less of an attachment in terms of the MLS team support versus their support for their home country. And so I feel like yeah, maybe that could be a part of it. And the problem is, is that the, it's generation by generation. The love, I guess, is not being passed down. So I think that might be where the discrepancy is. But it's like we said in the beginning, uh, the MLS is growing and it's starting to get people to join in on what the culture is, on what the, the ambiance and the vibe and stuff is. And that's that's important. Yeah, then I, I, I want to say one thing, and I don't want to get into this because it'll be like a debate and conversation all on its own. Yeah. But what we're talking about here with Houston and like a lot of people choosing not to go to the games, this is why I say promotion and relegation in MLS won't work right now. Because if people aren't caring about the Houston Dynamo right now as an MLS team, send them down. Who's going to care to about MLS the Houston next. 2 team? Yeah, right. And then it's like, okay, eventually they give out. Do you think that they're going to get a crowd or care, get people to care when they know that they're not in the big leagues right now. That works in other countries where it's been around for a hundred years and that you're born into that following, but we're trying to grow the sport right now. So unfortunately, even though technically it would be good for competition to yeah. grow the sport or at least the league here in the United States, that's why I don't think it works exactly because of what Bruno said. And that's, I don't want to get into it, but that, that's just what I want, was going through my mind. Uh, question for Bruno. What's your favorite food or dish? Uh, I mean, I'm Portuguese, so that kind of answers, uh, again, a question down there that I see it. Uh, so I have to say that my uh, it has to be Portuguese food, uh, anything from a cozida portuguesa, which is basically a lot of dry sausage mixed together with all kinds of meat boiled together. It's just, it's good. That sounds man. amazing. And, and bacalhau, which is dry salted cod, you put it over water for 24 hours, you know, and Ooh. it's like, and then you boil that sucker or you fry this sucker, whatever you want to call it. Everything, it's it's good on everything, man. And uh, some people are like, oh, I don't know, man, fish. I'm not a fish guy. But every time I, I make it for either. someone, every time I make it for someone, they're like, oh, my God, is this even fish? Uh, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's, it's definitely yeah, fish. I don't, know, so, I, don't know about the, I don't know about the fish dish, but the other one that was sounded like a, like a plate full of cholesterol, that sounded amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fatty, man. It's the only one of those things that you have once a year and then you have to uh, run for 26 miles an hour or so the next <laughs> night. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my perfect dish, you know. And of All course, right, Portuguese pastries, but you know, it's it's good food down there, it's good, man. Yeah, you know, and but we we walk a lot down there. That's why we don't gain a lot of weight. Uh, you know. Yeah. So, you know, but of course, and I like burgers, man, you know, like king. I mean, there's you know, I think on the on the on the top food in the world, man, you know, and some people are gonna look down on me by saying that, but man. You know, there's something about a McDouble, man. There's something about a McDouble. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't, you might be in Asia, you might be in Africa, whatever it is, but there's something about a McDouble, man, that is fattening. You know, it's fresh food, but man, it gets you hooked, man. Hey, yes, man. I, look, I love a good burger. Uh, all right. So we're hitting the end here. Uh, Chris, anything Listen, else you got for Bruno or for the, the yeah. people listening? Yeah, I mean, look, I was just asked to ask the question, and I'm, I'm trying to get rid of this, but I, it just seems like I can't get rid of this, Danny. And I'm going to ask you, especially Bruno, since he was just talking about food, let's just put that puppy up there real quick. You got the five options of steak, and you got the six options of toast. 
You got to pick one or the other. So where are we going here, Bruno? Oh man, I, I you know you guys are trying to set me up, man. I'm I'm Portuguese, <laughs> man. I'll be honest with you, you know, like maybe this is like oversharing too much, but where I come from, like we we cook the food and we don't put a lot of sauces because we like to taste like what food is supposed natural, to be. natural flavor, yeah, yeah, instead of just some sauce. So and and we cook it. So I have to go with number five because when I did come to America, I try like this bloody thing that is not cooked. That's not. It's not even. What do you mean you're cooking? You're just cutting a piece of meat, putting it in the plate. You know what I mean? And, like, <laughs> and, and then I actually got staph infections because my body wasn't accustomed to, to the blood <sighs> from the stuff. So by all reasons, I have to go number five. Uh, but if you tell me that you're cooking something on that number one, that's not cooking. That's just buttering. <laughs> that and what about butchering. the toast? You're basically just what taking it straight out of the cup. What about the toast? I don't know about number six, man. You're trying to get cancer down there. I don't know what's going on with that, man. But I mean, you know, like I want to say maybe number three, man. You know, like it's crunchy, it's nice, but kind of a little bit not too crunchy. Uh, as well, I'm with you. Know? you. No, number three all the way. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, like, Those are some of the best responses. And I thank you so much, Lucas, for reminding me to send the picture because <laughs> you had some great responses, Bruno. Well, Bruno, a foreigner experience, I guess, into, into this American <laughs> tradition. <laughs> it, it is. Uh, Bruno, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you taking the time. Uh, go ahead and just one more plug for that website, which we, we plugged in the, in the beginning, and you guys got to check it out. But go ahead, Bruno. Yeah, plug just uh, Houston, Houston Dynamic Dynamo at GoDaddySites.com. Uh, and I say these every time I say these sites, I kind of feel like I need to change it because. I'm saying go daddy and it's just I feel a little bit weird by saying that, you know, like so I might need to I might switch it up a little bit. Yeah. Uh but you know, so go to but, go to Squarespace. Squarespace will get you nice. There you go. Yeah, that sounds good. Is that a plug or something? <laughs> no, they didn't pay me for that. I shouldn't have said it. We try not to plug anything that we don't. but no, Squarespace is is, is a it's a place where we got we're gonna get our Skype our site. That's and nice. uh it doesn't have GoDaddy sites at the end of it. So but you can get uh, uh, you can get all the tabs on there on the articles, podcasts. There's sometimes video conversations too. There's some of my memorabilia too because I collect game use stuff. Uh, of oh, course, uh, because it's a Houston Dynamo, only as my collection of the Dynamo. But you know, I do have a big collection, like even Portuguese teams and stuff like that. Uh, but you know, I know that a memorabilia is not big in America yet. Uh, but uh, you know, it's more. It, it actually is. It's it's pretty big. For game use, it's more like trading cards and more like maybe bobbleheads and stuff, but not so much for used jerseys. At least I don't. I don't feel like, uh, at least you know, if you go if you go to Asia, for example, man, these people pay fifty k, sixty k, seventy k for Ronaldo's oh. Messi all the time. Arabia's too. It's crazy, man. Well, I don't know about the fifty, sixty k, but we know somebody, uh, Trav, who who hosts Trav chats on Twitter Spaces on on Thursday nights. He is a big time memorabilia collector. He goes ahead and he like buys jock straps and stuff. So he loves all that memorabilia stuff. <laughs> all right. Uh, Chris, anything else for the people uh, listening? <laughs> no. We're going to get our asses kicked this weekend. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. To, every, to everybody <laughs> listening on audio or watching on YouTube, thank you for listening all the way to the end. We appreciate you guys. We'll be coming back on Monday to recap. Uh, I guess uh, a 1-0 win against the Houston Dynamo. And, uh, we again, we appreciate you guys. 
Bruno, thank you for taking the time. And Chris, uh, you know what? I, I really hate you right now for predicting that. All right, guys. Thanks for joining, and we'll catch you guys next time. Thank you. Have a good one.